Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Project Here's podcast. Today I've gone on a little bit of an adventure and I am in Idaho with my good friend Stephen who listened to the 4x4... 4x4s that... I can't remember what it was called. Vintage 4x4s that matter to me. And uh, did a little bit of a call out because he's got a vintage 4x4 that I, A, forgot and B... Joe chose to not like what what tell us about we're not in it we are in a different vehicle because uh, his is a bit lacking in the seat department at the moment but we are sitting Four right floor. next to it yeah there's there's a lack of floor seat fenders motor but it's going there we had a what a good chance to work on today anyway tell us a little bit about this red machine sitting next to us Stephen it is a 73 Toyota Land Cruiser FJ40 uh, my uncle bought it new as far as I know in 73 and it was completely, pretty much original when I got it, and then I ruined it. You did drive it around for a while, which is more than I can say with my Scout, or really any project I've had. Yeah, I uh, I got it just running. So I got it, I had bugged my uncle for years to buy this stupid thing, and he wouldn't sell it to me. And then about a week or so after I was married, he called me and said, Hey, come buy this, and I didn't have any money. I said, well, how much do you want for it? He said, just come get it or it's going to scrap. So out with the trailer we went after it sat in a field for 12 or so years. Picked it up in Roosevelt, drug it back home to Ogden, and then put gas down the carburetor and a jump pack on it and drove it off the trailer. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, when you were driving it around at first, it was still 100% stock. Oh, yeah. Right? It was nothing... It was a little bit rough. Yeah. <laughs> you still cruised it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember when the there was a time the muffler fell off going to dinner with everybody? Yeah, I was going to that dinner with you. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, it was all stock, and I drove it around quite a bit. And then I ended up doing kind of a build on it. Did four-inch leaf springs and some 35-inch tires, 529 G2 gears, uh, lock right locker in the front, and a GM 10-bolt. I think mini spool in the back of it and then a full custom cage by Jake at Backyard Customs and drove it like that quite a bit but I never really wheeled it you know light trails but I always had weird little issues and it didn't handle very well and then I decided to change it up to a little bit wider axle I was going to go to FJ60 axles so I bought those and then ended up with some one tons so you never put the FJ60s in no they just sat here I just put a lot of money into them and then didn't do anything with them. So right now it's mid-phase number three? Yes. So it's stripped down. We've been uh, working on it tonight a little bit, pulling off some brackets and whatnot. So it's going one tons now. We've uh, had some 40-inch Pro Comp tires mounted on some H2 wheels today. And this thing is going to be pretty wicked when it's done. You're building a motor for it. So Steve works at a engine shop at the moment. Um, and they're building a motor for it. Tell us a little bit about the motor, Steve. So it's a 6.2 liter LS3 motor with the, it originally came with the big square port heads, but I'm actually changing them to regular truck heads just for more torque out of it, less horsepower. Uh, so it's got the Keith, Keith Black Hyper Eutectic pistons in it, flat top for good compression. Uh, Brian Tooley racing cam. It's got the Brian Tooley springs throughout the heads. Uh, coated the pistons with the ceramic coating so help keep heat out of the motor and prevent hopefully an explosion down the road but I didn't know you could do that yeah it's a uh, pretty slick stuff it's, that's pretty cool 
Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. We'll see how so, it goes. So big axles, big tires, and big motor. Yep. And little body. Little body. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Okay, so let's let's hear it, Steve. Let's get down to the, the dirty part here. So oh. we had the Vintage 4x4 episode, and we've done a couple of, of follow-up episodes going deeper into some of the vehicles that I chose. But I chose the CJ5 because me and Joe own one. Um, the Scout because I own one. Land Cruiser because Joe owns one. And then Land Rover. Well, see, you already got me on. He's he's tainted me already. I'm Land Cruiser all over. Land Rover because Joe has one and has had many. And then Bronco because you know it's it was kind of like the iconic one that is worth the most at this point, which we kind of went over. And I totally when I made my little list and did a quickie background, I totally forgot the FJ40. Um, so Steve was quick to call me out, and we realized that in the episode and. Then Joe made fun of the the FJ, or not made fun of it, but voiced his dislikes of it. Honestly, the only FJ I've driven one, it was Bill's FJ, that white one that was like more rust oh, than it man. was. That was bad. And my, I, the only thing I remember is I got in it, and I was trying to pull it out, and I pushed the clutch in, put it in gear. I think it had the door shut, and then I let the clutch out, and like my leg got stuck between the door and the dash. And I couldn't push the I couldn't put my leg back down, so I couldn't push the clutch back in to stop me. So I just had to like slam on the brake with my right foot and like hope it died so I could stop. So I had to anytime I had to move it because I'm a, a large man in every direction and like I couldn't physically drive it because my leg was like all up in the dash. So I had to like move it with the door open so I could get my leg out the door to use the clutch. And I think that was like that one was a pile of crap. So it's a bad example, obviously. Yeah. And then I couldn't drive it, and I was like, this thing is stupid. And I did go really fast over the curb in it, because I was like, same thing, like, I'm going, and I'm stopping, and I'm being done with this thing. And so instead of, like, going out on the road, I just, like, bombed a curb, and it was pretty awesome. But... Do you remember the first time starting that white one? No. Uh-uh. They rolled it off the trailer, and they thought I had it in reverse, and they had it in fourth. <laughs> and so they dumped the clutch, but the... Exhaust is so full of oil and fuel, it actually started rotating the motor backwards for a oh, second. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> that was a great memory of things yeah, going bad. that thing was a pile of crap. It was blowing exhaust out of the carburetor, basically. That thing was a terror. It had all sorts of problems. Yeah, I just I just remember, like, the massive amount of rust on it. Yeah, it was I mean, it made, it made my scout look good. So, so, Stephen, tell us why I should not have forgotten... The infamous FJ40 in all of its glory. Oh, where to start? Well, in the 60s, when it was coming out with the CJ5, you know, era, it had a longer wheelbase, which is way better than a CJ5. Do you know stock wheelbase on that? 91, mm. I want to say, inches. Because the CJ is really short, so that's not yeah. even... The Scout's 100, I know. It's, I believe the CJ5 is 83 or 85 and the and then FJ40 was 91, and then the CJ7 went to 93. Mm. So you got the wheelbase. Yep. They all came with the same straight six, which could be a pro or a con, depending on how you look at it. There wasn't the V8 options, but you guys were pretty well against the V8 options. Yeah, me and Joe aren't V8 guys. I mean, I'll take a car with a V8 in it, but yeah, I mean, neither of us are big V8 guys. I'm, we don't have to have them. Yeah. See, and I just... I'm an idiot. <laughs> you like horsepower. <laughs> yeah. And it just had the opportunity. But, you know, they had the straight six in them, which really was actually based off a of GM 235 straight six. A lot of the parts are almost interchangeable. I think 
even some are like connecting rods might be interchangeable really? and stuff like <laughs> that. We were talking about it at the shop the other day. So you have that. It's a very torquey motor. They all had a four to one differential in them in the forty series until like the late seventies, maybe early eighties, before they went to three seventy threes in some of them. Uh, you know, it's just there's so many great things. They had a nine and a half inch ring gear in the front and rear axles. Beefy ass axles. The thirty spline axle shafts from the factory. The downside is it does have a C clip rear axle. Which is never ideal. <laughs> no one likes a C clip. Nobody likes a C clip. But it was still I think the front axle shafts, even though they're a Burfield, in like, you know, as soon as I got out of the old ball and claw setup and actually went to a Burfield, they had the same spline count and diameter as the Dana sixty axle shaft from what I remember. So that's a pretty good step up over the junky Dana thirties and stuff that yeah. those early CJs had. It it's I've always said this about Jeeps and I've I've I like Jeeps. I've owned a few Jeeps. You know, the Jeeps are what they are, but, like, I'm still amazed at, like, their popularity with what they come with. You know what I mean? Like, if it wasn't for the name, like, the stuff they come with and all the work that has to be done on them, like, if that wasn't a Jeep, if it was under a different name, like, it would, no one would want it. Well, it just, you know. It's the, um, the thing that amazes me is how the Bronco is just, early box Broncos are just becoming popular versus... They should have been popular back in the day. Yeah. I mean, you really look at them. They had the Dana 20 transfer case, which is a really strong transfer case. And in the mid-70s, you could get them with a Dana 44 open knuckle. On the front? On the front. And it had a 9-inch in the rear. That's pretty good. Because, yeah, the Scout had the Dana 27. Yeah. And the CJs had the 27 and the 30 and just a bunch you know, of and so junk axles. And they were on coil springs in the front end. Like, That's they true. were very ahead of their time. But they just, I don't know if it just was... Pricing, I don't know, you know, what was going on back then, but you would think that that would far and above take over where the CJ was. Yeah. Just seems, and they were available with the Ford 289s in them, which were decent motors. Yeah. A lot of them were still three on the tree, I think. Yeah. I've never had one of those Broncos as much. I've as driven one of those three on the tree, and it's not fun. No, three on the tree is not meant for good use, in my opinion. Yeah. So the other thing that, that as I started thinking about your FJ40. <clears throat> The variants that it came in are pretty cool. Like, so oh, so yeah. when we did vintage four x four, obviously we left out like a bunch of trucks because like we were trying to do more like the rock crawlery, smaller boxy stuff rather than like full on pickups, right? Because that's a never ending list. But like the FJ forty, you had the crew cab. Well, not crew cab, like the truck version. Mm-hmm. What's that called? The FJ forty five LV, I think it was. And now we've seen a couple of those be built, and they're pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like the, you broke on your Scout. Or pretty much the Bronco and the Scout, right? They have no variants. Uh, there would be like the half cab. Yeah, I guess you had the half cab. And the, but that some was of the still Scouts the same had the sport top. And, yeah. yeah, but not much changed, right? Yeah. And it was just like an interchangeable top, more yeah. or less, right? Uh, Jeeps yeah. had a few different wheelbase options. Yeah, but, but the again, five seven were pretty similar. You know, and then you get Land Cruiser and Land Rover that actually had like very different applications from the factory of like. Oh, yeah. Still the same thing, but very different. So I think that's really cool about them. Um, you know, and, and when you see them, they're fairly rare. The other, you know, the FJ40s you don't see that much of. And then when you get into the 45s and stuff and the and the trucks and... Um, you about wreck your car because you're looking at yeah, them. Yeah, so I mean, you don't, you don't see them. So, so it is cool, Steven. Here's my official apology for forgetting about it. Because then when I look back at it, like, obviously that's one I would have put in there. There are other... So what would you have taken out? 
I don't have to take anything out. I make this. I can put as many as I want. <laughs> I take if I want to take anything out of the CJ because I don't. They don't do anything for me. I had that CJ five that we ruined. We almost killed you with that CJ five <laughs> with the high lift jack. The high lift jack. We were I, what are we we were some we we're doing the spli springs or shackles or some crap. We were doing the spring over conversion to go to the Dana forty fours. I had uh, yeah Dana forty fours out of a Scout too. We were putting underneath that. And and we, we had were, we jacked up the we high were like lift. Seventeen super poor, <laughs> no money, so we didn't have a floor jack because it broke. So we we're using the high lift to get it high enough to get. I don't even think we had jack stands. We no, we didn't. And you were like, this is really sketchy, so we got to be careful. I can't remember what happened, but you were like underneath the Jeep, like trying to push the axle under. I was sliding the axle under, and, and we, it shifted. Yeah, we shifted I the body. I caught the leaf spring with the leaf spring <laughs> hanger, or with the perch, I mean, and it caught the leaf spring and just shifted it, and it was all over yeah, it. Yeah, the high lift went shooting out across the garage, and it fell down to the ground, and somehow you still had all of your limbs when you ended, came out at the end. Yeah. So look at the FJ now. It's sitting on four jack stands, properly done. None of us got killed while Except we were working on it. Two of them are the recalled Harbor Freight jack stands <laughs> that kill people. The red ones or the gray ones? The gray ones you were I, under. I, yeah, I was going to say, I ran into those a lot too while I was under there. <laughs> Every time you'd hit them, I'd just kind of like cringe a little bit. Like, don't die, Scoot don't die. Back. Uh-huh. Don't have to call your wife again and tell her you're in the hospital. <laughs> so what other, what other uh, anything else you want to tell us about the FJ40? Uh, it's got, it's going to get an Atlas transfer case that's sitting on the ground pretty close to it. And that's like a lifetime achievement for me. Like the, the Atlas is like the transfer case. Yeah. And like when we work together, like that's the thing we dream of. It's like, man, it'd be nice to have an Atlas, but you just can't afford it. And I was going to do a Dana 300 because that's a good transfer case. You can get the four to one kit in it. And, but by the time you buy the adapter to go to the NV4500 five speed I'm running, a low gear kit for it, a bearing kit for them, and a twin stick for kit. It ends up being like it was like seven hundred dollars cheaper than an Atlas, and I could choose the ratio I wanted. Yeah. And again, I'm an idiot, so I went five to one. <laughs> because you know, <laughs> yeah, why not? Go as low as you can. But and then I have an Atlas. It's just incredible. Which I just pray I don't break one day because I'll cry. Yeah. It'll happen. It's gonna get smashed. Yeah, it'll be pretty cool. So we'll we'll have to do some some wheeling. So you have this. I theoretically have a scout that'll be done someday. I mean, I guess at this point I'm I'm the same boat as you. You're way ahead of me. Your your yours runs with the motor swap. <laughs> yeah. It has the axles underneath it. But it's a lot less built than yours too, so Yeah, but I'm over building. It's and the whole reason it went to this is I didn't want C-clip axles. Even the FJ60 axles were a C-clip axle. Yeah. I don't want a C-clip rig. No. Even if it was a flanged axle like the Toyota 8-inch on the back, Yeah. I'd be fine. But the price of going to a full float, 9.5, or you're into custom axles, or you're into doing the, uh, who is it? Lower, not low range. One of those guys has a kit that puts a front spindle on the back of it, and then you can just use like a long front custom. Oh, really? You know. Mm-hmm inner axle shaft and it just gets really expensive that I just didn't want to deal with and didn't want to pay for. So yeah. I bought one tons and here we are. They're five thirty eights and spools <laughs> are already installed. If if you've ever been on the trail with a C clip axle, probably a TJ because and they break. <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. Because you go down the trail at two miles an hour trying to keep the stupid axle in the Jeep. That was when I got my ZJ. Like the first thing my first requirement was Get rid of the Dana 35C clip. And I just put a, a 44A, right? Another option that came in that. 
not a super strong axle, but it wasn't C-clip. And I was, it was like, it bolts axle. in, non-C-clip. You know, everybody's like, oh, do the Ford 8.8, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I'm not going to, because they're C-clip, you know, then do the C-clip eliminator. I was like, no, I'm not going to do anything crazy with this. 44A, oh, that's a junk axle. I don't care. It's better than a 35, and it's not a C-clip. Those were my requirements, because... Pretty much anything's better yeah. than a Dana 35. I've been on the trail with too many broken 35s to ever do that again. Yeah, that's those are the pictures you see when everybody has a high lift or a log strap to <laughs> yeah. the side of the tire Going holding around. it in place. It was such a joke. Yeah, I would never run a 35. So so the other one I thought of that we forgot, where I didn't forget, I don't think I would have put this one in because I know nothing about it, but I've seen them, is the Nissan Patrol. Like yeah. the old 60s Patrols. I think those are good looking. There's something that just... Very unique about them. They actually, to me, they kind of have a Land Rover look to them. Yeah. But there's something very unique. But I know nothing about them. No, I don't either. Other than, like, I've seen a few pictures and, like, one or two for sale. And, like, when they get built, you know, it's probably because, like, there's no support for them. You know, they end up doing basically what you've done. Oh, yeah. And just, like, swap everything out. You know, and, and that's what happens with a lot of the old 4x4 stuff, too, is, like, the old stuff, I mean, especially talking, like, Jeep and Scout, like, the old stuff wasn't good, you know? And so if you want to do anything more than, like, dirt roads with it, you, you've got to modernize it, and which means beefing everything up and, and kind of doing that stuff to it. But, so Nissan Patrol, I was trying to think if there's anything else that's more of, like, that small, original SUV. Because Chevy didn't have anything to the Blazer, right? No. But man, I'd love a full size blazer. What year the first blazers were around? Sixty like seven. Late sixties. So they well, were they like the one suburbans. of the they had the like fifties suburbans, those panel well, wagon true. looking things. But I don't know when they were available in four wheel drive, if they were only conversions and stuff mm. like that. I haven't read too much about those. I used to know a lot more about this stuff when I worked in four by four shops. Yeah. The other thing I was gonna say that I meant to mention is why I'm switching to all sh- you know, late model LS drivetrain and axles is parts availability. I went to do a tune-up on the 1F that was in it, which there's no support for fuel injection or anything, and I don't want a carburetor for what we're doing. Right. We're, you know, going on some pretty decent trails. Yeah, don't want but, to worry about that. Yeah, so I just wanted to at least tune it up for while I was driving it the way it was, and you couldn't get anything. Uh, the points and stuff for the distributor were all special order spark plug wires for special really? order. <laughs> uh, there was no brake parts. Everything was special order. So if you break something out on the trail or something like that, you're done. Like there's not, especially like where we go down to Hurricane Utah, there's not a whole right. lot of junk already... old Toyota options. Yep. You know, most of the stuff has to come from somewhere like Cruiser Outfitters in Salt Lake or, you know, Land Cruiser Specialist LLC or whatever they are, Land Cruiser Concepts, I don't remember. Right. And that, I mean, that's one of the big things I learned down in Moab is that having a vehicle that, like, you can put off the parts shelves on or off the shelf parts on is massive. I mean, because it can ruin your weekend in a heartbeat. Right. Oh, yeah. If you've got some weird, obscure part that's special order and takes a couple of days to get there, you've planned this big trip, spent hundreds of dollars to get down there, you break something stupid and then your trip's over because you got. Yeah, it's stuck. Your rig gets stuck back on the trailer and you're riding shotgun, which. After you spend all this time and money working on something and building it, you want to at least enjoy it. But yeah. I mean, something's gonna break no matter what you do. Yeah, you're always. It's gonna just break what it is. But it, you want to be able to fix it and be able to it's get easy. back on the trail and find a part. You know, with all the stuff I'm doing with this LS swap. Granted, it it's really not for the purest type people. They're not gonna be a fan <laughs> of this vehicle anymore. I've already heard that I've ruined it and whatnot from when I'm selling parts to people. But I. 
I can go to the GM dealership and get a coil for any 5.3 if I get a dead cylinder or anything like that. The Dana 60, you know, hubs are super easy to find if I break a hub, which I'm going to leave actually the cheap worn hubs on it because they're kind of a breaking point. It's like a... Your planned breaking point? exactly. Something's going to break, so why not be something easy to get and easy to replace, right? Yeah, exactly. Break an axle shaft, you're... You're not having a good day. No, you're, there's a lot of work to pull an axle shaft on the trail, and I'd rather not have to. Yeah. Well, I think, like, going along that same line when we were building the Scout, pretty sure it was probably you because you recommended most things on the Scout, but I was something about the alternator. I was changing the alternator, and you said, just do it right the first time. Do the GM one wire. Like, you can get them anywhere. You know, it's a good, simple alternator that everybody uses anyway, and, like, you can just walk in and get them in any parts shop. You know, and so stuff like that that, like, Knowing ahead of time, doing your research, and knowing what to put on it, and it's going to be an available part always at any parts store, so it can just be thrown on there to go, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my steering box that we put on there, right? It's a Saginaw box that came on, like... You have the, a Saginaw box? Yeah. It's off a, it's a Scout 2 Saginaw box. Can I borrow that? Um, sure. I, mean, I need one. Bad. <laughs> I don't... I think I just bought it from a parts store, too. But I think you huh. told me that. You're like, do you use the Saginaw box? And I looked them up, and I come on, like, Fords, and, and I saw they came on Scout, too. I was like, great, I'll just use that one. But it's the same thing, you know what I mean? Walk down the parts store, give them a couple hundred bucks, I got my new box if I need it. So um, if you're looking to do trail stuff, and you're looking to build something that that's more than just a show car, right? It's more than just, like, a daily driver that you plan on getting in situations that you may have to fix stuff, you know, that's... Uh, you want to heck with the purists, right? You just do it, do it the right, do it the way you want to do it, and do it so your life's going to be easier down the road. Yeah, build it with what you're comfortable with, stuff that you're okay working on, and it's not completely foreign to you. Yeah. And what's available? If you need parts, you can pick up at just about any parts store, not something that has to be special order. Because that, you know, again, like we we're saying, is if you have to order a part and it's three weeks out, but you're only down there for three days, that ruins all the fun. Yeah. You take a broken vehicle home. It doesn't get fixed for a little while, and it gets shoved in the corner, and you don't want to look at it. Yeah, and it puts a bad taste in your mouth lots of times, you know, and then you don't want to play the game anymore. We've had some good times, though. Yeah. And we will. So, so that's just to say, we need to do a YouTube. We need to actually get our craft together. And we've talked about doing this, the vintage 4x4 trail ride, right? You and your mm-hmm. FJ, me and my scout, Chance and his. What does he have? Willie's. He has an old... I don't know if his is 40s or 50s flat fender. Is that old? Yeah, his is like old. 51 or 52. It's good looking. Yeah, he's, he's got, what, 35s on it? Or 37s. Or 37s. Yeah, he's 37s. He's got Scout 244s. He's got the 283. The Chances is super cool because he did a lot of custom work to it. I mean, this is back when we were just out of high school, and he did a really good job. He kept it. You know, he went to Scout 2, Dana 44s. He went through and did he got the 283 out of their Chevelle that they pulled out of their Malibu that they pulled out and then he converted it to throttle body himself custom made his own wiring harness for it out of junkyard parts like everything that's on there like he had to teach himself because there wasn't it was word of mouth of like somebody the the internet wasn't the tool right yeah this was this was, was what 15 not 15 almost 15 years ago yeah it was 15 years ago yeah it was 15, at least 15 years ago. So it just wasn't quite the tool it is now. So you can look it up and say, like, oh, yeah, you could use this and it'll yeah. work just fine. So it was, he would drive past and there was one guy that he uh, used to know that had a flat fender that had a couple things in it. And he would 
go look at it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can use that steering box. And he, he would find, like, a CJ7, you know, Saginaw box mount and then make it work on his flat fender. And then I think he ran stock springs for a while in spring over con in a spring over configuration. And then he was having problems with the wheel hop and bending leaf springs. So he went to spring under again with... I don't know if he's YJs? got... Yeah, I think he's got YJs. He's y under there. Oh, yeah, I do. I, yeah, I got him some used YJs. Yeah. I don't know if you ever put them on. I gave them to him. I, I think he did, because I remember him telling me he got them from you. And I made fun of you for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, his so his is super cool in the fact that... Well, it works, number one. Yeah, like, he that's can actually drive cool. his, so he's cooler than all of us. Yes. It, well, and it just works like it works properly. It yeah. does what he built it to do. And he's done it all himself. Like, there was no, I'm going to take it to the shop. And, like, I do a lot of stuff myself, or try to at least. But there's a lot of reliance on other people, you know. Right. You and I both, right? We have a, we can kind of figure our stuff out. We can, you know, but we have good friends that will help us out, you know, on mm -hmm. a little bit more technical stuff that... We don't want to fail later yeah, on us. <laughs> exactly. It's like the roll cage and like the, you know, building the actual, welding the link mounts on. All. Like, I, I don't mind getting them tacked into place, but I don't want to do the final burn because yeah. I, I, it's not that I can't weld this. I don't know if I trust right. myself. I can make it And it's it not that me, it's like, I know that at some point my wife's going to make the mistake <laughs> of getting in this thing with me. And I care about her, so... <laughs> I figure I better not, or like one of my friends or something. I mean, I don't care if I, you know, my friends, but their wives care about them, so it's. But if you get out in the middle of the trail and it busts off, then it's again like that's like the worst situation to be in. I've been in it multiple times. Like this is terrible. You know, but me and Jake were talking the other day, and he made the comment that when the wheels fall off is when we party. It <laughs> seems like we were just laughing about it the other day. The worst situations we can get in are the ones we look back on the most fondly. You and Jake have a habit of losing. Tires or blowing tires, I guess, huh? No, losing them. Is it losing them? It's losing them. <laughs> well, it's just not It's not just me and Jake. It's just me, I should say. You. Jake first, just happens to be Yeah, the you. first time was headed to Moab with Chance's Jeep. So when Chance first got his willies, he did like a two-inch shackle lift or maybe some Skyjacker Springs, 31-inch TSLs. It has 538 gears from the factory in those old ones. Wow. And did lock rights in it. Yeah. And he took it to Moab and beat that thing to death. And it was, we would go, you know, a few times a year, it seemed like, and it was so fun, you know, and super gnarly trails. Now you go back and something that's more built, you're like, oh, this isn't so bad, but it seemed super gnarly. Yeah. And he would just make it look easy, he'd make it work, but it had manual steering, which was miserable for him. But we were towing that down on an ATV trailer, because that's what we had, <laughs> which is how this trailer got the name Sketchy Trailer, because it's lost wheel, the same wheel multiple times, no matter what we do. But the wheel fell off, and I thought our other friend Dusty's dirt bike fell off the back, so I just kind of laughed and slowly pulled over. And then the wheel passed us and then bounced into oncoming traffic. Missed all cars and went out into a field of cows. That was the first time it lost a wheel. It lost, it blew up tires constantly on one side. And then three years ago, we were coming back from winter 4x4. We were headed down there, and it shredded a tire. So we put a new tire on, torqued it, drove a little bit, torqued it again to make sure it was good. And we got to Beaver, and the wheel fell off again. <laughs> that's what it does. Remind me not to go any trips when you were towing that trailer. We had a wheel fall off a Duramax <laughs> towing a goose, or a I fifth wheel. That picture. That that's a... a fantastic picture. <laughs> I want to make that into a t-shirt for us. <laughs> but it's just wheels fall off, and things break, and, you know, we just get through it. That's kind of the fun of it, though, is we have a good time. You know, we... Uh, we cut a tire on Jake's Samurai two years ago down at Winter 4x4, and I have a picture of 
for some reason we left the high lift back at the trailer. Maybe we had the high lift. We were trying to stabilize it, but we didn't have a spare. That was definitely back at the trailer because that makes sense. <laughs> that's care. what you do with your spares. Yeah, because you don't want them on the back. It actually does make them really, yeah. you know, back end heavy. That's true. But uh, we had the high lift under it, and then we had a strap going from the roll cage of the Samurai to Dale's side-by-side, his razor that was up higher, and it's pulling on it, so it's pulling it one direction so it doesn't roll and move, and Andrew is bouncing on the toe strap, just, like, goofing (laughs) off the whole time. But it was a great time because things went bad, but when they went bad, they went really well. Yeah, you can still... The first time Jake stuck the Samurai on the side was my fault because he was coming up over an obstacle on Milt's Mile down in Sand Hollow, and... I blame his light bar because he blinded me and I couldn't see. I was like, yeah, just keep coming. And it's ended up sticking it on its side. But, you know, it's part of the game. That poor samurai was really clean body when he got it. And now, because of me, he got his first, like, really trash side. It doesn't then, even have much body anymore. It's no, got a hood. It, it's, well, well it's, not even a whole hood, does it? You need to chop the hood, too? No, it's got the hood. The whole hood's there, but he chopped the fenders. The fenders are gone And went much. full tube on that. And then he built kind of a XO, but not a full XO. It actually looked really good. For it's it's quite the unique little samurai. For being an exo cage, which the most I'm not an entertaining exo cage thing. Guy. So, winter four by four. This last year we went down, and and he admits like he was on vacation and started doing the airbag. Didn't his brother finish it or something for him? No, the airbags were done, but they were there was zero they were test drive or something, right? No, they were all plumbed, but there was no test drive. Like it sat on the lift. <laughs> Because the axle shaft was out of it, and because oh, we... Uh, was it? No. But anyway, I, I just remember seeing him drive down the road. I followed you guys down the road, and, like, when he turns, it's on airbags. On the back. Is it just the back that has just airbags? Just the back that has I, air that, shocks. The whole thing just flopped. <laughs> like, the body looked like it came off of the frame. Like, it didn't look like it's attached anymore. Because I bet that one size raises six feet. Like, it's it just wild. goes... And, like, lays over on its side as it turns... And it's the most ridiculous looking thing that goes down the road. But it flexed well. It worked it, really yeah. well off road. Did he say it was going to, did he fix it? Oh yeah, he he just, the, the problem the is the airbags were teed together so it was. They just push air one yeah, way Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so as it leans hard to one side, it pushes the air to the other side, which makes it lean harder. And then I took you for a ride. Yeah. And he said he could hear you screaming and laughing was, all the way across the parking lot. It was lot. amazing. It's like being on a lagoon ride. Like it was just. It didn't make any sense. If I would turn hard driver, it'd lean hard enough that Kevin could almost touch the ground out of the door. And that's not an exaggeration. It was just the strangest feeling to just, like, it's firmly planted on the ground, and at the same time, it's on its side. And, like, it didn't make any sense. No. And I was, the one interesting thing about that is I'm very opinionated about things, and so he said he was going to go to full hydro steering on it. I was like, that is the dumbest thing. Like, I hate full hydro. They never drive yeah. very decent at all. They're garbage. And he put full hydro on it. And the first year, it was a little terrifying. But after that, like, once he got kind of the bugs worked out, it was really nice. And you would turn, and it would just go where it had to go with one finger. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't wander like it used to. He just had to, you know. I mean, to be fair, we, like, last minute everything. I mean, this the year that with the teed together airbags, he literally. I drove down there and I got there Wednesday night to Ogden to there to Dum's house, and me and him kind of went to the shop and looked around for a little bit. And Jake's flight was delayed, and so he got home from Hawaii at eleven thirty at the right. night, and then we went to the shop till three thirty in the morning, and we left at like eight that next morning <laughs> to go down there. 
Yeah. And they, I don't think, I think the only test drive was that, like, you know, putting it on the more, trailer. Yeah, I really think so. Like, there was no, it was just it like, it goes, well, let's go. And we ended up ruining a knuckle, no, a hub, or uh, the the spindle nuts oh, yeah. were loose and it ruined the threads on there. The whole thing. And then I ended up changing him, well, him and, uh, well, Jake and Casey, his cousin, went through Casey's graveyard of Toyotas and Suzuki's to find a knuckle, no, a, a spindle. I think an axle shaft. No, just a spindle and a hub. We needed a locking hub. I, I ended up tearing it apart in the parking lot and got it 90% of the... I got it all the way apart, ready to go. And then I got it most of the way put together, and then I got relieved of my duties. <laughs> and they had to finish putting it back together, so it went together right. <laughs> so this is the only other vintage 4x4 I can really think that we've had experience with was my very first trip to Moab when you were in that flipping... Ram Charger. Ram Charger. What year was that? I mean, those are I, 80s, Honestly, right? I have no idea. Ram Chargers are, they might have come out in the 70s, I guess. Yeah, they were They were out in the 70s. This was definitely like an 80s. Yeah, it was an 80s Ram Charger. So, I mean, it's kind of outside of my vintage 4x4, because I was trying to shoot for 60s-ish things, right? Yeah. But, man, I just, we had this Ram Charger at, at the off-road shop we worked at together, and we, he got it on trade for something, and it was like, brown and tan or tan and tan like two-tone two different colors of tan it was terrible it was terrible so we decided to spray paint it red and black which were kind of like the shop colors yeah it was kind of the shop colors it was all black with like the red stripe down the side it had what size were those tires they were 36 inch tsls they were like like 36 by 16 like they were 1450s but i think they're on like a 15 wide wheel or something like just balloon tires and we took that down to moab and i was in a zj and you were in that and didn't the, the the body mount break? The body mount broke on the front, so as it would flex, like the suspension would stop flexing because it didn't flex much because it was stock springs, I think. Yeah. And so it would stop flexing, and then but the then body the body would, would flex on, frame. and the, it would put the fan shroud into the fan. So you'd be going up a hill and also start flexing, it's all wrong. And it would stop the fan. And then it cracked the windshield at one point. And dropped glass into my eyes. Yeah. And then the funniest thing I remember, I was behind you going up the trail, and you were trying your hardest to run a rock into the side of it. And I couldn't. Because those tires were so wide and stuck out so wide outside the body, like, you were like, try to get a rock in between the tires as we go around a corner. And Bill was like, what's going on, Steven? What's he doing? Like, oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. Meanwhile, Steven's trying his hardest to ram a rock into the side of the door. Yeah, but the tire would hit and scrub it away. Yeah, like push I, it away. I, it actually finally got one on the we one where I one. didn't want one. It was on the passenger yeah. side. We were down on Canes Creek, uh-huh. and there's that kind of pinch rock where you go up it and then hard right, and I actually got the body on the right-hand side, <laughs> and the original owner was really upset. Was that a manual or an automatic? It was a manual. Was that that manual? Force, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. You were in that thing by yourself the whole time, right? Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> no, that's actually not true. Our old co-worker got in it for a few minutes while we were headed down the highway. So after we left Canes Creek, right. he wanted to ride with me. And so we went a little ways down the road, and he made me pull over, and he got out. Because <laughs> the transfer case was screaming so bad, he thought it was going to come apart, and he didn't want to be any part of that. I was like, oh, that's fine. That's like the least of the noises that happened in this thing. Yeah, that thing was amazing. I mean, it's just fun. Like, the old things, and I've said this before about, like, my probe, that... Like, when you have something that's old and kind of junky that you can modify any way you want and not have to worry about what it's going to look like when you're done. You know what I mean? You can try things on it. 
without having to worry about ruining a car or, or you know, making some abomination. But, like, and that was kind of that Ram Charger. It was like, let's just go have fun. If it breaks, no one cares. Like, it's just fun to do. Yeah. You know, and so so those vehicles are kind of fun, too, that you, you can have that. So, anyway, wrapping up the unloved and forgotten vintage 4x4 episode, Stephen. The, the FJ40, which should have been in there, I admit it. Should have been top of the list. It, not about top. I mean, top. It, it should have been on the list. What could beat that? The Scout. The Scout's the best thing ever made. Mm. That's why it's still made today. Um, the Nissan Patrol, Ram Charger. What else? Is there anything else out there? There's so much I'm sure we're forgetting. I'm sure. I mean, But we, it's the stuff that matters to us, right? Stuff yeah. on top of our... Well, it's like what we talked about, though. Like the... I used to love the old Willys wagons and the Willys pickups. Oh yeah, there's all those. And that's not something that even came to my mind. Even when I was like listening to your podcast and you'd say something, I'd be like, "Oh, that's a terrible choice." <laughs> I was li- we were listening to it and I was telling my wife, I was like, "It's just Kevin has the worst taste." <laughs> I I agree with that. I have a very strange opinion on cars. And Joe was talking about Land Rovers. And and Joe has like, a very different and opinion I just, on cars. I just don't know anything about it. I just know like <laughs> the little bit of experience I have with them, and I hate them. Yeah. And it's not there's it's not there is zero basis for it right. other than my limited experience. Like, look at the old like the old Defenders and stuff like that was like before I knew anything about four by fours. Somebody in my neighborhood had that black Defender when yeah. I lived on Sharon. Yeah. And that was, like, the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. Because nothing. They look cool. But the old Land Rovers also, the dis, the dis, or the Defenders, kind of look like a patrol if you think about it. Yeah. Which goes back to us like Which we'll, we'll stupid We'll just stuff. leave that open for Joe to yell at us next time about how the Land Rover probably came first. Or Joe's not going to let me come back. <laughs> you didn't say anything bad. You just, supported your, you just supported your FJ40. I can say bad stuff about their... Lead poured freeze plugs that they have in the <laughs> cylinder heads. Was that in just the newer ones? No, that was like a '60s one that was, oh, was in there. It? it was really weird. He was getting water in the engine, in the oil. I don't know where he's getting the water. It was a pain. It was a while ago, but he had a they they put a the freeze plug was lead basically. They had the ports and then they would just put lead in there and just let it in. I guess <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. They pour it in, and well, so the lead would start to fail. So the, the poor guy brought to us, he's like, how do we fix this? I was like, well... <laughs> you ever heard of an LS? Yeah. <laughs> and people don't like that. Especially purist people, Land Rover. The people that like Land Rovers like them to be Land Rovers. Yeah. And so they don't like the thought of changing to something that's possibly more efficient, easy to work on, <laughs> builds better power, actually <laughs> runs, you can get parts for. They don't like that. They want it to not run and sit in the backyard. <laughs> See, Joe does. He wants to put a 2-3 Lima in it. Which, I, <laughs> I'm so torn on that. Is that that Ford motor? What do you yeah. call the Lima? Yeah, it's a 2-3 Lima. I don't know why it's called. That's what he called it, so that's what I call it. I mean, it's probably it's the... It's the 2-3 four-cylinder, yeah. I just know him because of the Sandrail days, like we talked about yeah. earlier. Because, I mean, that's his point, right? This is, this is not this episode's conversation, but that's the point. It's like, the 289 he's got in there, you know, like a, a 60s Ford 289 versus, like, a two three Lima, like they make similar horsepower and it's half the weight. Like, yeah, it's not a V eight, right? But like, it's better in every way other than it's quote unquote not. You know, it's it doesn't have the V eight name, but like, but not everything needs a V eight. No, and it probably doesn't have the torque. I mean, it probably has downsides. But anyways, let's wrap wrap up this episode. Do you have any other final words for us? Uh, I don't think I do. Vintage four by four words. 
Don't buy Jeeps. Don't buy Jeeps. <laughs> don't buy old stuff, actually. I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm just, like, tired of taking six hours to get brackets yeah, off the frame. Yeah, we've spent a lot of time grinding on, and that's the scout. I mean, it got to the point where, and I've told people that, like, if you're going to start taking stuff off, just start cutting. That's your best friend. Just cut it now and forget about it and replace it. So that's where we're in this episode. Thanks for Steven for joining us and letting me come up and have a good time in Idaho. And uh, maybe we'll do further episodes with him, and uh, we'll uh, catch you next time. I'll be back on when you say something that makes me mad. (laughs) He'll let us know when we're wrong. Every time. See ya.